0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Healers. For those who are new, welcome to the show. My name is Morgan Rutkowski, I am your host. For returners, thank you again for being here, subscribing, and following along. It's good to have you back. So as the first Holistic Healer podcast guest for this year, I know 2023, big year hopefully for a lot of people, I wanted to bring on someone who embodies the holistic approach. So from acne and digestive issues, traumas, and other mental health obstacles, she has put in years and years of effort to becoming her healthiest self. Now she is known as holistically underscore Carly on Instagram, and she's helping clients become conscious of their habits, get to the root cause and resolve their health complications. So without further ado, I want to welcome Carly Mariotti. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Why don't you tell us a little about uh, what brings you on in the show today? Um, You know, what got you interested in holistic healing? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me. So I probably pretty similar to many of your listeners went through the conventional route of medicine when I started having issues at a pretty young age. So I got my period pretty early. I was just shy of the age of 11. And so shortly after that, or around the same time, I started developing acne. And, you know, if you have skin issues, what I was told at that time is go see a skin doctor. So I went to a dermatologist and tried all different types of medications. You know, at that time, Proactive was like super popular. <laughs> I tried it multiple times to no avail. Um, I did oral antibiotics, I did topical antibiotics, I did Retinate, benzoyl peroxide, like you name it. I tried it and nothing really worked. And then I also went on birth control. I tried a couple of different brands of birth control which didn't make a difference either, but I ended up staying on birth control for the benefit of protecting me from getting pregnant. And then fast forward a few years, I was 21 and I was about to graduate college and I still had acne. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I'm so over this. And so I saw a dermatologist and I told her that I wanted to go on Accutane. And You know, I knew it was a really serious medication, but at the time I didn't have the tools or the knowledge to understand what was really going on in my body. And I didn't care. I wanted to have clear skin. And I remember the look on my dermatologist's face when I told her she was so disappointed, not in me. I could tell it was more of a disappointment because she had no ground to stand on to say, here, let's try something else. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing about most conventional ways of medicine and the way that they think is that all of these systems are completely separate. So your skin is separate from your liver and your liver is separate from your gut and is separate from your grain, your brain, and so on and so forth. And very, very few doctors are actually looking at nutrition in order to heal. And if they are, it's usually on their own time doing their own <laughs> research and because something has failed them. And so I knew that this doctor didn't want me to do it, but I also knew, and she knew she had nothing else to offer me at the time. I think about her pretty often. and <laughs> I feel like I'm sure now, you know, this is 12 years later. I'm sure she's doing her life's work and (laughs) definitely doing her, you know, her research on nutrition. And so she's able to offer people something else. Um, So, anyhow, I went on Accutane. I'm a petite frame person. So I went on a low dose for like four or five months, um, which is kind of like the beginning point of where you would start with that serious medication. And I'm so glad that I did start on such a low dose. I stayed on that low dose um, just because I think that that prevented me from having super serious side effects. Like some people can. And so once I was done with my um, with my whole, you know, the five months that I was on it, I, started having clearer skin, but I did purge before, which was pretty uncomfortable. Um, and then I had clear ish skin. I wouldn't say that I had clear skin, but I was no longer breaking out cystic, you know, with like cystic acne. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know the difference between cystic acne and regular acne, I had a mild case of cystic acne, but in my mind, no case of cystic acne is actually mild, um, whether it's, you know, three or four cysts a month or one a month, it's still a clear indication of chronic inflammation in the body and, um, you know, of clear imbalance in the body. And so even though it was mild, I would still consider it a serious issue. So cysts are those deep, painful, like they're real beneath the skin. They don't really come to the surface. You can't really pop them. (laughs) Um, and they usually take months to go away. So that was the kind that I was dealing with. And once I stopped the Accutane, that did dissipate quite a bit. And at that point I was really only dealing with a little bit of like non-inflammatory acne and like just, you know, kind of your basic stuff. So Fast forward about a year later, I started going to massage therapy school. Um, So I'm a licensed massage therapist as well. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, at that point, that was really when I started getting exposed to holistic medicine, because I like so many people you know, I had no influences in my life at all of holistic medicine. And, you know, Instagram wasn't what it is today, Mm -hmm. where there is tons of holistic healers who can relate to you who are ready to help you who have, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things for you to all these resources for us to use. Um, And so that was kind of my, my entrance into that world. And once I started, getting acne back. Cause I did, you know, it only lasted for about a year. And after that, I started doing my own research and I started learning about how my hormones were affecting my skin. I started learning about my gut and various herbs and I had always been somebody who ate pretty well. Like I wouldn't say my diet was perfect. Um, you know, I was a kid and a teenager, yeah. But it was definitely better than I would say, like, the majority of people my age. You know, I was, I was doing, like, the green smoothies and <laughs> things like that. And, yeah, so basically it, it took conventional medicine to fail me in order for me to kind of see the big picture that all of my body was connected. And I couldn't just address my skin from the outside, you
0: know? Yeah. And it's, I almost, I mean, I I think we all are part of holistic healing for this kind of same thing, whether it's acne or just inflammation of the body in general. I just think it's, it's like a long fight and it's overwhelming and it's exhausting. And it's, it seems like it's never ending, which I mean, if you're a lifelong (laughs) learner, it's, it's great, but also it's just like, when is this going to stop? Like, when is this going to end for me?
1: Yes. Yeah. Having um, a mindset of like, this is going to end for me, like to making sure that you jump on that sooner is going to help you so much too. Um, and, and that is something I think we all struggle with, especially if you're like me where it's like, this is all I've ever known. It's always been this way. What will change? Um, so yeah, that's definitely a big part of healing is the mindset journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then after Accutane and, and massage therapy school, fast forward a couple of years. And again, like I said, I had been on birth control for, I was on it for a decade, a long
0: time. A long time. <laughs> Gosh, it sounds having, like my story.
1: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Like having zero clue of how much damage it was doing to my internal body. Um, and actually, It was a friend who told me for the first time that I had ever heard it. She was like, you know, birth control is actually really bad for you. And even knowing some of the stuff that I knew, I was in quite disbelief. I just couldn't understand that like this prescription drug that my doctor gave me could harm me. Like that just didn't make sense to me. And you know, it wasn't not in disbelief of her. It was just more of like the general, the whole thing. I couldn't believe that like, it could be unsafe and be on the market, which now sounds so silly, No, that's <laughs> but totally true. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, so, so then, you know, but I did give it some thought and, the more that I thought about it, the more unnatural it did start to feel that I was taking a pill every single day of my life, like every single day. And I was like, I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I taking a pill every day? Like the word pill too, just <laughs> like that phrase I was like, I don't like this. And so, and I don't advise this, um, but I just quit. I just quit birth control i didn't look into any research i didn't really like have anybody in my corner helping me and there there is so much information out there so if you're on birth control right now i definitely suggest doing your research or finding someone to work with you because it can be a little bit dangerous i was lucky because well i was lucky and unlucky for me, birth control really did nothing except for protect from pregnancy. Like it didn't help my skin. I didn't really have difficult periods to begin with. So it didn't change my periods. My mood was never affected. But once I got off of birth control, that was when a lot of the stuff started setting in. And I do want to also say this, like I quit birth control in the midst of like a two year long period that was really really stressful. I was stressed with my relationships, I was stressed with a couple of different jobs that I was working. Um so the that that combination, the birth control, the quitting the birth control and then the stress was what kind of pushed me into my digestive issues. Okay. So it's okay. like had the birth control not been in, like, had I not been on birth control, would the stress alone have been enough? Maybe, maybe not. And vice versa. If I wasn't stressed would the birth control alone have been enough, we don't really know, but that combination was definitely the perfect storm. And then of course we know that there was already internal inflammation and imbalances going on because of the acne. So yeah, it was just the perfect storm for me to have like you know, full-blown digestive issues. It all pretty much started with low stomach acid and that opened me up to infections. I ended up having multiple different things with like dysbiosis going on. I had H. pylori and SIBO. And so, yeah, I was a mess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds so overwhelming, especially with all like the stuff going on in your environment, plus internally in your environment. That sounds so chaotic, but I feel like, again, that's like, you have to get to that point in holistics where you're just like all this stuff is not working and now I'm stressed and now it's just all coming at me at once and I have to do something about it now well yeah and
1: you know luckily it was a lot and it is a lot um and that's that's why i try to always remind people periodically that like we cannot heal overnight and and people are like i know but like <laughs> we can't heal In a couple months, if it took you 10 years plus to get to this point, a couple months is not going to be enough and you have to be strong enough to persevere through it could take six months a year it could take more than a year, you know, it could take a couple years for you to really be balanced. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that through those years or months or however long it takes that you're going to be suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, It just means that, you you know, things aren't going to be perfect and you're going to continue to have to learn and maybe adjust here and there to make things better.
0: So, yeah. So within your own personal journey, uh, whether that is digestive issues or acne, what did you find to be, was there like a main culprit or was there like a mix of things that you found going wrong? Totally. Yes.
1: So whenever I work with people, one of the biggest things that it's it, one, one of the most difficult things for people to really understand is their root causes. And so I try to help them understand their emotional root causes. Cause usually the physical things are pretty easy to identify like, okay, my diet is causing nutrient deficiencies or inflammation, or, um, you know, like I said, let's say we've got, we did some stool testing, we find candida or whatever have you, like those are pretty easy to identify. And then we can implement a strategy. But a lot of the time, if some of this stuff came about because of our nervous system dysregulation, because of childhood trauma or something like that, if we don't address those emotional bodies, then even if we do get rid of the candida and the acne, eventually over time, it's going to come back. So, um, I love to try to help people make like a stress timeline where you go back to your childhood and see like, okay, this was a pretty stressful event. And I really haven't dealt with it yet. Um, and just go through your life and see where maybe things were triggering. So back to like my birth control story, I had like two years of really stressful events that just all happened kind of at once. And I really needed to address those things in order to make my, my body feel safe enough to be able to heal. So that's definitely, um, a big one that I see. So with my personal root causes before the birth control and digestive issues, I was dealing with inflammation, nutrient deficiencies, and nervous system dysregulation. But even though those were my root causes, I also still needed to find what was driving those. So my nutrient deficiencies was not only contributed by my own diet, but it was also my mother's diet.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: We, you know, we take so many nutrients from the placenta and from the mother that if our mother is either under eating or just not getting enough nutrients in general, or whatever have you, that could be robbing her of her nutrients, then the baby is going to end up the same way. And this is something that I see rampant in, in like women, especially is under eating Mm -hmm. and I was a non-intentional under eater almost my entire life. And so that also contributed to nutrition deficiencies. Um, And I didn't have a eating disorder. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I think a lot of women can relate to this. Like we don't need to have, you know, 2000 calories is too much. Like you're good on like 1500, like that's a sweet spot to maintain your weight. Um, and really that's, that's actually a complete lie. Metabolic health is so much more than calories in versus calories out. Oh, and a grown woman, even a, a growing teenager needs more than 1500 calories per day, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you're active at all, which most of us are. <laughs> so yeah, the, the under eating was a really big part of my own nutrient deficiencies. And, and even now it's hard for me to get as much as I need for each day as I, as wow. much as I desire to rebalance my
0: body. So what do you do with clients who may have like that mom who was undernourished or the placenta and like all that stuff that, you know, contributed to their health. Now, what do you, what do you offer them for help in order to solve that or resolve that? I should say.
1: So I really just try to get to know them a little bit deeper and really understand like their mother's And their own, because usually their belief system is built upon their mother and their fathers. Mm -hmm. So I try to understand their belief system around health, eating, wellness, um, and especially like what their parent, how their parents influence them. And so once I kind of understand that, I can see like, okay, well, if you've been conditioned to only, you know, eating vegan your entire life or something, just as a, for instance, well, you're probably going to be deficient in several specific nutrients that way. Um, And so that's just kind of a very general way to look at it. Um, It's obviously going to be more nuanced when I look at each individual, but almost everybody's got at least one nutrient deficiency, especially if you've undergone you know, significant periods of chronic stress, like I did, that will definitely push you into a lot of deficiencies, magnesium and zinc, most notably. So
0: yeah. I, I love that, that part of your healing where you're offering help with their nervous system, because I think when people say acne, right, if it's not one of those topical medications or an oral medication, then they're like, oh, it's your nutrition, like you're eating a lot of sugar and you know you're doing all this, which th- that could definitely be true. But I think adding that mental health piece and saying what trauma did you go through, what obstacles did you face that maybe are being repressed, I think is a really helpful aspect. And I think, I mean, personally, I, I think I really resonate with that piece with like uh activated nervous system kind of always in that fight or flight that anxious personality mixed with focusing on my diet now and I think that has really helped when you go to address both but I love that there's other people out there that are doing that too
1: totally well I feel like I had to because that was such a big part of my own story and you know I I would be I wouldn't be doing my work if if I didn't do that. Um, I think that, you know, you mentioned like ac- um, acne and anxiety mm-hmm. and obviously anxiety, both anxiety and depression kind of coincide and correlate and are caused by digestive issues, but also skin issues, like how we perceive ourselves, our self-confidence, all of that obviously is going to make us feel a certain way. And a lot of people will say, Well, I'm anxious because I have acne, but I also like to flip it and say, well, what about you having acne because you're anxious? And to me, it's like, did the chicken or the egg come first? We really don't know. And a lot of anxiety will cause acne too. And it's actually, it's well-documented and it makes a whole lot of sense when you look at the adrenals and how they, you know kind of use up your sources of nutrients and then they'll kind of steal your hormones away. And it's like, well, of course, yeah. Anxiety will definitely cause acne. And, And I think that anxiety causes acne more than acne causes anxiety.
0: Oh, that's, is that usually what you see most in clients? Yeah, definitely.
1: In, in those type A, those like really, you know, power driven, like either with, you know, sports and working out or with work or just like super busy women in their career, everything like that. Yeah, definitely.
0: I can also, it just made me think of like, cognitive behavioral therapy and like the core beliefs that people have like whether that stems from trauma or just you know that over the overachiever kind of mentality of like am I good enough am I going to keep working hard enough in that vicious cycle of stress and then Mm. acne shows up is like you know just a signal I guess from your body telling you hey you need to slow down exactly yes and I think
1: that Almost everyone who does deal with acne can say without a doubt that it always flares up when they're stressed. So yeah, going back to like that stress timeline and trying to figure out, well, what else was going on and where else do I need to address my emotional body? It can be so helpful. And, and another thing with like, when you're a child, that's where you're learning to regulate your nervous system. So let's say for instance, that you had a parent or two parents that were always yelling and, you know, or maybe like you were never good enough. There was always something wrong. You're as a child, you're going to learn. You're not going to learn to regulate your nervous system. You're always going to kind of be looking at on the outside for someone else to regulate it. And that will never happen. And so that can be a really big pitfall too, if we don't see why we're not able to regulate our nervous system.
0: I love that. I, I, I think that's so important too, of like self-reflection about how you are behaving and where are you looking for your affirmations? Like, are they coming internally or are they looking, you know, for something externally? And I think oftentimes, especially in like this capitalistic kind of society where we're just striving to be on top it's always looking for what can I do next and who can I impress yes
1: oh 100
0: (laughs) unfortunately yeah yeah (laughs) so you talk a lot about like optimizing health and I just was curious about what do you usually recommend to clients when you're working with them like where do you start how do you move? Like, is it just acne or do you work with them with other issues? Yeah. So when I opt, when I
1: say optimizing someone's health, I think it, you know, obviously depends on what you're going through. Like if you are someone who sleeps through the night, you have stable energy, you never have like depressed mood or anxiety or anything like that. Um, You have two to three bowel movements every day that are easy to pass and you feel fully evacuated, like all these signs of excellent health. I would say in order to optimize your health, two things. The first is go back to the way your ancestors lived. So back off on technology and screens and spend more time in nature and grounding and Don't be afraid of getting sunshine. Just don't get burned. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eating whole foods, animal nose to tail. So organ meats and skin and bone broth, in addition to the muscle meats, if you're eating animals, um, lots of plant foods and varying types, you know, so like eating whatever you can without it being packaged basically is how we used to live, you know, trying lots of different types of foods because we didn't have a grocery store to like just pick up broccoli and chicken. Cause that's yeah. what we like. <laughs> um, and then You know, if, if you're looking to further optimize your health and you want, you can fit it into your budget. I always recommend doing the HTMA, which is a hair tissue mineral analysis. It's one of my favorite functional tests, and it's actually super affordable comparative to a lot of other testing that's out there. And the HTMA gives us a really good idea of not only our mineral status and absorption, but our mineral relationships to one another. Which can actually give us an understanding of our blood sugar balance, our adrenal health, our actual cellular health, our thyroid health, and a couple of different other markers that are really insightful for detecting early something that could go wrong in the body. So hair tissue mineral analysis is basically kind of like a biopsy of your internal body because your hair does, it's deposited with all sorts of different minerals that your body will be excreting. And so when we take a biopsy, we're actually seeing what is going on inside of the cell, which is exactly what we can't do when we get blood testing. It's really cool. I love this test. If we have internal imbalances, or let's say we've got cellular issues where our potassium isn't getting into the cell for some reason, or thyroid hormone isn't getting into the cell. Well, your blood markers might be completely normal, but inside the cell there's dysfunction. And so that's where this test, like I said, can just detect things a whole lot earlier and can be super helpful. So in a lot of ways we can prevent many different illnesses. And then the other thing that it does is it also shows our heavy metal toxicity, which accumulate in the body can be super harmful. And That would have to be like a whole new conversation. We can definitely touch on it, but the heavy metals is a huge missing piece to many different issues. Um, And actually a lot of them can contribute to acne as well and digestive issues.
0: Wow. So So did you ever use those for your own um personal health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did. Um, yeah, within the first nine months of doing my protocol, like I didn't I didn't actually have any thyroid issues that I knew about. Of course, I knew that my thyroid was connected to my digestion. Um, but I didn't have like low energy, like my hair wasn't falling out. I didn't have dry skin. Those are all like really common signs of a hypothyroid, low functioning thyroid. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have cold hands and cold feet, (laughs) but that was it. And within the first nine months of implementing various strategies, I improved my thyroid efficiency by about 75%. Wow. Oh my god. Really, really great to see. It's so nice to be able to see that on paper, like here's what's happening in your body and we have proof for it. So it's, it's nice to see those markers and, and functional, I know functional testing can be a little bit expensive for some people, but it, first of all, it's so worth it because it's so accurate most of the time. And second of all, like I said, it can be that marker that you need where you're like, wow, look at this difference. It's only been three, six or nine months and look at how far I've come. And that can be like the boost that you need to keep going.
0: I was just about to say, I bet it was rewarding, but I also think it probably saved you a lot of time of self-reflection of like, am I doing this? Is this working? I don't know, but having those numbers, I bet really helped.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I do. And that specific test is, very much encouraged to have done every four to six months, um, just to make sure that you're on the right track, because we can, of course, implement strategies and protocols that have worked for other people, but everyone is different. And we can't say for sure that this is exactly what you need until we start doing it and seeing markers improve.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just even like within psych too, like we just build up this toolbox of interventions and not everything, even if it's research-based, like not everything is going to work for every single person. And so you just have to be able to know who you are, you know, use it, try it. If it doesn't work, great, let's try something else. And that's exactly what you're talking about as well. We just kind of have to experiment a little.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Awesome. And so you mentioned some strategies too. What are, what are your go-to strategies, I guess, for helping inflammation, either digestive or, uh, acne? So, so there's a couple of like foundations that I
1: really try to help my clients with. Um, the first one is living in a, you know, circadian rhythm, a cadence. So kind of waking up with the sun, Um, eating around the same time each day, like each of your meals and, and not skipping meals or going too long without eating, especially if you've got blood sugar issues, that's, and then that's the third thing to support is blood sugar. Um, And there's a couple of different ways to do that. You definitely want to be focusing on protein and making sure you're getting the right kind of carbohydrates. Usually people don't have much of an issue with fat nowadays, like We get plenty of fat, most most people, unless you're still one of those people that thinks fat is bad, which I don't know if you ask someone who's a bit older, they might think that, but, um, yeah, balancing blood sugar. And then a lot of it is like getting to bed and waking up at the same time and just kind of living more of a natural lifestyle. So that would be like the foundation that we start with. And then for lowering inflammation, it totally depends on what you've got going on, but a lot of it comes down to mineral balancing and getting a lot of antioxidant rich foods, um, fat soluble vitamins. So vitamin E, A, and K, um, D is important too, but I don't usually recommend supplementing with vitamin D unless you have some sort of polymorphism, which is a genetic, like error on one of your genes that makes it difficult for you to synthesize vitamin D from the sun. That's the only time I would really recommend that. Okay. Um, and it's only because vitamin D is more of a hormone than a nutrient. And so taking it externally is sort of like a hormone replacement therapy and it kind of throws things off within the body and it actually can trigger acne specifically. Okay. Um, and it does that by using up your reserves of vitamin A, which are really important. So vitamin A is required for vitamin D to attach to its receptor inside the cell. So if you're taking a ton of vitamin D, your body's going to take all your vitamin A (laughs) and then make sure you got all that vitamin D to use. And then there's no vitamin A left over for anything else. And vitamin A is so, so imperative for our skin health and eye health and immune health I think you mentioned magnesium and zinc after. So magnesium and zinc are used by your adrenals and will be used up and spent in the body when you're under stress. Okay. So if you're, if you're someone who's really, really stressed out and you're not supplementing with magnesium, that would probably be one of my first recommendations. Okay. And then as far as the gut inflammation goes, that, that does really depend and it's totally, you know, individualized, but someone, if someone's dealing with dysbiosis, like candida or H pylori, there's going to be like a specific protocol that we use to eradicate that. And then as far as like eating hygiene is what I call it, like making sure that you are drinking enough fluid doing it throughout the day, but that it's not, you're not like chugging water during your meal because that will dilute your stomach acid and then you won't be able to digest your food. Um, Making sure that you have enough digestive enzymes. So if you're, maybe your stools are a little bit looser or you're having undigested food in your stool, you're gonna wanna support that with something like a digestive enzyme during the healing process so that you can get those nutrients from your food. Um, Things like apple cider vinegar, um, partially hydrolyzed gargum can be really helpful for people who have IBS-like symptoms. Um, that can help to kind of either soften your stool or make it, or like make it harder so that it's okay. not so loose. Um, and yeah, I love apple cider vinegar. I already said that, but apple cider I was vinegar. I to say that. <laughs> I use that too. <laughs> it it not only helps increase your stomach acid, so you can digest your food better. It teaches your body. To get ready for that, so it can do it on its own. So, like when we take a, a a supplement like HCL, um, which is basically stomach acid in a pill form, it's just replacing your stomach acid. But the taste of the apple cider vinegar is what actually help tells your brain, okay, now I'm about to digest food, and it and it helps you in the long run. Oh, and the know about. Yeah. And then it's also super helpful for blood sugar balancing, um, taking like, and, and you always want to take apple cider vinegar diluted. Like you don't want to just take a shot of it. Like I used to, (laughs) um, diluted in water and then it will burn your esophagus. (laughs) So you dilute it in water. And then when you take that before like any meal, but especially a carb heavy meal, it will help to lower your blood sugar spikes, so that's that's a huge way to manage inflammation is managing your
0: blood sugar. And can you speak to it all? I know you were talking about like an animal-based diet, um, and you talked about like vegan or even vegetarian. Like, have you noticed people or clients that you have that maybe are vegan or vegetarian if that contributes to in like inflammation in the body?
1: Yeah. So I haven't worked with a ton of vegan or vegetarian who have been that eating that diet for like a really long period of time. Um, but I do think that everyone is different. And I think that either of those diets may work for somebody for some time. And then it might stop working for them. I think the most important thing is if you intend to be a vegan or vegetarian is remaining open-minded to that fact that you may one day wake up and it might just no longer work for you. And to, you know, be able to say like, I need to take care of my body before I can really care for anything else. And that's, that's just the basic foundation that I think we're kind of missing when it comes to that. Um, There is, you know, an ethical way to eat animals and, you know, make sure that we're getting it from local farmers and people who are treating animals well and, you know, giving them access to sunshine and clean water and letting them run out in the field all day. Like that's a huge difference from the conventionally raised meat and dairy products. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone should be eating conventionally raised meat or dairy. Um, that's, it's a huge difference to me. So, and then the nutrient content is totally different too. So yeah. it looks, yeah, the I, same. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's sometimes, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it mostly with, uh, With the vegan and vegetarian, the the nutrient deficiencies that are really common are going to be that vitamin A, the retinol. Um, Zinc is another big one. Zinc is really hard to get from plant sources because it's bound to something called phytic acid. Um, So like your legumes and your pepitas or nuts that are high in zinc, you're not going to necessarily be absorbing that as well or at all, mm-hmm. um, as well as you would with animal sources. So those two are really big ones. Um, and then B12 is everybody's pretty aware of that one. So, and there are others, but those are, those are the big ones. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know like the benefits or the drawbacks. I think people go back and forth between those diets, but I was curious cause it's, se- it just seemed like, You know, a lot of what we expect to get out of animals, you can't necessarily get from plants. But then vice versa, and it's like this balancing act of like, where let's just eat healthy. Like let's just get all the nutrients that we need from anywhere, and make sure you know it's just fairly get, uh, fairly gotten and taken care of and healthy and organic. Organic quotes. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, there's so many like now there's like the carnivore side and like everyone is taking everything to such extremes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's like what why do we have to be so extreme why can't we just meet in the middle do what feels right for our body because there's so many people who cannot eat legumes or grains or nuts and seeds like they, they are inflammatory for their body and if you can't eat those you're not going to be a healthy vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's everybody's individual and we can't really say like what is the perfect diet because everybody's different. Um but yeah, I I definitely don't agree with the carnivore diet at <laughs> all. I mean, you you've got to get vitamin C and you've got to get fiber and people will argue that fiber is not an essential nutrient. <laughs> that is old school thinking. And that is crazy thinking fiber is so essential to our microbiome. It is the essential thing for our microbiome. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and legumes, if you can handle them, they're amazing for you. They have so much fiber. So it's all about to me, getting your gut to a point where it can handle all different types of foods. And it's not necessarily affected negatively by nuts or seeds or legumes.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think the other thing with that too, I get the question of, a lot about, you know, taking a pill for medication, which is totally fine. Like, um, I think if if you need it, that's great. Um, there's no shame in that. But I think the other hand is, you know, like dietary supplements or vitamin supplements, they're like, isn't that just another pill? Like, why can't you just eat it? And that's totally true. So I was wanting to hear your Opinion about just taking vitamin supplements versus, you know, food. Uh, or yeah, food.
1: I love this question. Um, I used to be someone who was like, "Nope, I want to get everything I can from my food. Like, I don't believe in supplements at all." But again, you live and you learn. And <laughs> at this point, our soil is being so depleted of nutrients that even if you eat a completely whole foods diet, it's next to impossible to get everything that you need so things like magnesium magnesium is one of the big ones and why i always i recommend just about everyone get a magnesium supplement because our soil is so depleted but other things like iodine selenium zinc um pretty you name it like they're being depleted in our soil and that's just from poor farming practices Um, A lot of the monocrops that are out there, the soy, the wheat, the corn. So, you know, ways that you can support that is by buying organic food um, that's not going to be treated with all these chemicals that end up depleting the soil. Again, that's a whole new topic, but... Yeah. So I, I definitely believe in supplements. supplements. I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done with my body without supplements. Um, and that goes for the antimicrobials with the gut stuff to, you know, cod liver oil for my retinol. Um, so yeah, I definitely think supplements have a time and a place, but I also do think that you should still eat a whole food diet and strive for that to be your main source and supplement with supplements. Like you shouldn't necessarily depend. Oh, well, I took my multivitamin today. So like, I'm good. I can have pizza (laughs) and chicken fingers, (laughs) you know, like it definitely doesn't work that way, (laughs) but, um, using them to supplement your diet is a great idea
0: what happens if, or I guess, do you ever run into people who are like, I can't afford it? Like I can't afford doing supplements or I can't afford eating whole food or nutritious food. Uh, what do you tell them if you do?
1: Yeah. And that is, that is a difficult thing. I think that a lot of people, you know, I kind of try to give them a new perspective on it because the reality is, You can afford it, but you're putting other things first. It's all about what we prioritize. We all have a specific amount of money that we can spend on specific, on whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people choose to spend it on things that don't necessarily matter. And to me, it's like, you will get to a point eventually where you don't, you either don't have a choice or you're like, you're so sick or you're so sick and tired of being so sick and tired Mm -hmm. that you will, you will afford it. Um, if you're not going to pay for it now, you're going to pay for it later. It's, you know, money is just energy and energy will always find its way to you. Mm-hmm. So if we, you know, if we're not going to pay for the healthy food now, and we're going to take the, the shortcut and have the fast food, or even just like the frozen dinners or whatever, eventually it's going to catch up to us. And we're going to end up paying that money in healthcare costs.
0: Yep. That's what I always say. I'm like, well, would you rather pay for it now? Or would you rather pay for it in your bills? Like, <laughs> just pick one. Exactly. Like, and then you're going to also be really sick and miserable.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would much rather pay for it now. Mm -hmm. And, Uh, and then you, you kind of like start to get used to what it feels like to afford that. And you naturally budget it into your life. You mm -hmm. know, I know, trust me, I know eating healthy is, it's pretty expensive for the first time ever. Eating healthy and cooking at home is equal to or more expensive than going out. And that's crazy. Yep. It did, It was never like this before.
0: And I think a lot of it is just the convenience because I think it just takes a long time to prep and cook your meals. And it does take work, but, um, you know, I think it's worth it. It's just kind of something that you just I think you have to do if you want to you know less inflammation want better mental health physical health all those different symptoms i think they just all play a role they're all connected totally
1: i yeah i think that the time management is probably more of a challenge for people than the money
0: yeah and i think just shifting gears um you i think have talked about let's see here you talked about like water supply, personal and household products. Um, We've talked a little about gut infections and heavy metals, but um, what do you work on with clients when it comes to these things like just around their house? Yes. So
1: I always try to help people just notice everything. Start reading labels on your food and your shampoo bottle and your deodorant. Like Every single thing that's going to go in or around your body or is going to hold your food that goes into your body, take a look at what that is. Can that be posing harm to your body? Most often the t- the answer is yes. So the first step is noticing. And then the second step is just finding someone who can help you or A replacement for what you're looking for. And then over time, just replace your products as you run out of them. Mm -hmm. I never recommend to do a complete overhaul unless you're like, I've got five days to get all this done and a thousand dollars to blow on new stuff. Like by all means go do an overhaul. But most people don't have that convenience. So as you run out of things, just before you're about to run out because you don't want to be like, oh crap, I'm out of this. Like I need shampoo today. (laughs) You want to like plan ahead and make sure that you've got your replacement lined up. Um, so that's for like beauty products, household products, you know, cleaners, soaps, um, whatever you use for your stain remover, your laundry detergent, all these different things, because they all, they can contain so many different microplastics and PFAS, which are forever chemicals. Those are really scary ones. <laughs> um, endocrine disrupting chemicals. They've got fragrances. They've got just so many different things that can be harmful for us. Um,
0: I need to go around surf- my house. <laughs> I'm like trying to think about it now. I'm like, wow, I need, I use, I've looked a lot into like my kitchenware. Um, like we, we went over to like cast irons and stuff for a lot of our like um, cookware, but I, I need to go into like my shampoos yeah. and stuff. I need to start looking into this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, um, so, th- so that's for like beauty and, and household And then like you said, like cast iron skillets or a good ceramic skillet, um, things like glass containers with bamboo lids. I love those for Tupperware instead of Mm -hmm. the plastics or the Pyrex with the rubber lid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then using like a nice stainless steel water bottle is really important. Um, So when it comes to water, Oh, water can be such a source of contamination, not only of like microbial things that could end up being us sick, but also things like copper, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, so many different contaminants. And, and they use chlorine to deodorize it and to, you know, decontaminate it from all the microbial strains that exist because we're really just recycling like sewage water. I know that people yeah. like get really freaked out when I say that um, again, another topic, but yeah, that's all it is. And so we have to basically bleach that so that we can drink it. Um, and when you think about that, like it makes sense that a $25 Brita pitcher probably isn't like the best idea and it's probably not going to do the job. No hate on Britta like <laughs> I think you're great. I yeah. just personally don't think it's enough for for me for my tap water. And so I like to use a reverse osmosis filter. That's kind of been like the standard for many years. It removes everything, Mm -hmm. including your minerals. So you got to add your minerals back to it in order to electrolyze your water and make sure that that water is actually getting into your cells. So just a little sprinkle of a high quality sea salt is enough to do that. Um, But yeah, there's other brands like the Berkey is really good. And I know there's a couple others out that are coming out now because this is kind of a hot topic, but yeah, water, water can be a really big source, especially for, for copper issues, um, and copper imbalances, which are really ubiquitous across women, especially any woman who's been on the birth control pill or had the copper IUD, Um, copper can be a a hidden toxicity that's causing estrogen dominance. Um, It goes along with candida a lot of the time too. And copper can also cause acne, you know, just about everything.
0: (laughs) Great. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So lucky. (laughs) That's so cool. Like all the things that, you know, there, there are just so many different like toxicities in our world but being able to have resources and people like you to help identify what's happening in them I think is amazing so thank you for doing everything that you do for people oh thank you
1: for acknowledging that yeah I mean it is it is kind of scary when we think about all the sources of toxicity that are out there but you know taking things one step at a time not getting overwhelmed and knowing that like it's not the end of the world if you don't get everything right um just do the best you can you know you'll get there <laughs> yeah exactly uh,
0: well um i just wanted to kind of wrap things up so before we close out um is there anything that you want to recommend or any takeaways that you want to mention to the listeners today um,, yeah,
1: so i I love to help people focus on their adrenal health um, because your adrenals are kind of the the drivers for thyroid function. they're they're really helpful with your blood sugar management. And in order to have enough cellular energy to do basically anything, whether that's detoxification of the toxins, or whether that's getting your gut back in shape, like having enough energy to heal yourself, you've got to support your adrenals. And so that kind of goes back to the circadian rhythm that I mentioned earlier, um, waking and going to sleep at with the sun, meal timing, like not doing a whole lot of fasting, um, getting off of our screens and kind of just calming the nervous system. Um, That's really important. I think for people to remember is adrenal health. That was something that that was kind of one of the last pieces of the puzzle for me and something I wish I could have kind of focused on a little bit earlier. And then I think also just to look, if you are someone who's dealing with a chronic issue or something that's persistent, or you're kind of just like at a loss and you're not sure what's going on, rather than you know looking at your body and your or your mind or both like they're broken look at yourself objectively like if you were an outsider that way you can kind of separate your emotions from the journey and then just really look at things in a realistic way to be like okay so this this and this happened okay let's look at why mm-hmm. and like just kind of reverse engineer how things happened That way you're not getting super stressed out about what's going on and how it's making you feel. And the the fact that, you know, maybe you're at a loss and you're just not sure about it or what's going on, looking at things a little bit more objectively in that manner can be really helpful for someone, especially, like I said, if you're someone who's been dealing with something for a long time, um, yeah, that can, that can really help. And then you know, there's so many resources. There's so many people who can help you, like through anything you're going through. I promise you're not <laughs> the first person that you get some help if you need it.
0: Where can they find you, people that are listening, if they want to work
1: with you? Um, yeah. So I am holistically underscore Carly on Instagram. Um, and then my website is just holisticallycarly.com. So you can find me there. You can also email me Carly at holisticallycarly.com. Yeah, but I am, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. That's like my main, main social media outlet. We'll
0: see if maybe TikTok's in 2023. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's how I found you was through Instagram. So yeah, maybe let's grow into TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Well, thank you for being on the show today. It was good to have you on. It was good to listen to all your wisdom. I I learned a lot, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. This was so great. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And uh, for anyone listening, if you're interested, follow along, subscribe to this podcast. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts my instagram holistic underscore healing lc i also have gmail i have a website you guys probably have already heard that if you've listened to this podcast before um but yeah feel free to reach out if you want to be on the next show or if you have any questions for carly we would love to answer it and maybe i can get you guys connected to her so thank you guys talk to y'all soon bye